0: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast may be triggering and don't necessarily reflect the views of myself or Blue Matter Project. Please note that I'm not a licensed therapist or a doctor, and all opinions of our guests are for informational purposes and should not be considered medical advice. For any questions about your own health, please consult a medical professional. Hey everyone, welcome back and welcome to the Mindful Matters podcast. I'm Elaine Clark. Today we're continuing the conversation about psychedelic research and trauma. And if you're interested in learning more about the latest on psychedelic research, I think you're going to find today's episode really interesting. And this is a topic we've been getting a lot of requests for. So I wanted to bring Dr. Ann Wagner on the show today to talk to us about relational psychedelics and how. MDMA is being studied in a therapeutic context for relationships. Dr. Ann Wagner is a clinical psychologist and treatment development researcher based in Toronto, Canada. She's the founder of Remedy, a mental health innovation community, and Remedy Institute, Remedy's home for research. She's the lead investigator of the pilot trial of cognitive processing therapy for PTSD and MDMA, and the upcoming randomized trial of cognitive behavioral conjoint therapy for PTSD and MDMA, a couple's therapy for PTSD her team has previously tested in a pilot trial. Dr. Ann Wagner is committed to bridging the worlds of psychotherapy and non-ordinary states of consciousness, and she has a passion for its use for relational healing. Today's episode is really interesting. I am so glad you're here and tuned in. Let's jump right into the conversation. Dr. Anne Wagner, I'm so thrilled to have you here today.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah, well, we published an episode on the show a few weeks ago on the topic of psychedelics with Andrew Penn, and he actually recommended you to me as someone to interview on the podcast. And then it's interesting, I, I was listening recently to an interview with Dr. Rick Doblin, who mentioned you and the research you and Dr. Candace Monson have done.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so I am so thrilled to have you here as a guest. You have an incredible background. I'm excited to continue the topic of psychedelics for our community, which we've actually had a a lot of requests for. Mm -hmm. So I want to start by taking it back before we take it current and forward. Talk to us about how you got into the field of psychedelics.
1: Uh, Sure. Uh, So it was definitely by chance that I landed in the field of psychedelics. I uh, so I'm a clinical psychologist and I was doing training as a postdoctoral fellow and learning how to do treatment development research specifically focused around couples and around post-traumatic stress disorder. And so this was, gosh, about nine years ago that I was doing that. And we, my mentor, Candace Monson and I were invited to potentially collaborate with the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, MAPS, to see if this couple's treatment that Candace had developed in conjunction with MDMA might be an effective treatment for folks. And so at that point, it was really novel to me, this idea of combining um, any really any type of substance with a psychotherapy, and I, you know, was really curious to see what combining MDMA with the treatment might look like. So, we um, we started to develop this idea with our colleagues Michael and Annie Mithofer, who are two of the therapists and researchers who've done, um, you know, most of the work that has happened up until now with MDMA-assisted psychotherapy. And we developed this protocol where we combined this couple's treatment that we use often in practice now. It's um it's quite a effective treatment, but doesn't work for everyone. I mean, as most of our psychotherapies don't work for everyone. So we were thinking like, what, what could be possible in terms of increasing the effect or amplifying it in some way? And the idea of working with MDMA, was one that we were really excited about because the the qualities of MDMA are really a nice fit, not only for PTSD, but also for with couples. And some of the earliest work with MDMA before it became illegal was actually with couples in couples therapy. And so that was a really a uh, nice history to be able to draw from. So just want to, you know, frame that this is not a new idea. This has been around mm-hmm. decades of doing this. So I we were starting to think about this idea and the, at the time there was a study running in the states for therapists who were going to be doing this research to have their own MDMA therapy experience. And so I got to participate in that study. And have my own MDMA therapy session. And that really was what opened my eyes to the possibilities of these two things together. Um, and that it was incredibly helpful and incredibly powerful as a therapeutic tool for me. And I was just really excited about the possibility of that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I that's the that was the entry point, and that you know started you know, eight, nine years ago. And here we are now we've, you know, we're in the midst of running our second study and the third one on the horizon.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really interested in your own personal experience. And I'm wondering if you can speak into your experience of an MDMA session in a therapeutic context.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be glad to. Um, so it was really interesting because I I was not someone who'd ever taken a psychedelic before, um, before I had that experience. Um, And MDMA isn't a classic psychedelic, right? It doesn't have some of the hallucinogenic properties, but it definitely creates what we call a non-ordinary state of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And that non-ordinary state was a very helpful place to be in for me when I was, for example, thinking about Difficult experiences I've, I'd had in my life, areas that I was unsure about or didn't know what I thought or felt about. And I noticed that I was able to really sink in and be curious about those areas. Okay. And it's a full day session, right? So you're there with your therapists for, you know, six, seven, eight hours. And it's really powerful to be able to sink into that time together and explore. And you know, as someone who, as a psychologist, I had done uh, a lot of my own therapy prior to that, and I, you know, have done a number of different contemplative practices. Like I practice yoga, I'm a meditator. So the concept of non-ordinary states wasn't completely novel to me, but in that way, in the kind of really, um, really deep way, that that made it was a big shift from what I was used to prior, and I've noticed. Since then, I've become more dedicated to my meditation practice in particular. So, yeah, it was, I would say, an incredibly helpful therapeutic tool and really shifted the course of where I focused my uh, scientific energy and my my clinical energy since then.
0: hmm I think it was, uh, I think it's Stan Groff who says... You know, psychedelics are a non specific amplifier of the unconscious. Yes. Would you say that was accurate for you in your experience?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, I would say mm-hmm. that it really brought up the areas in my life that needed to be looked at at the time. And mm-hmm. that was so helpful. I often, it felt at times where I, you know, I was doing this. Uh, kind of check across all these domains or dimensions in my life and and seeing like where how am I feeling about this where is that at you know I was at a I was in a new stage of my career being a postdoc and no longer being a student Um, I was in a relationship at the time that I was unsure where you know the future of And it was, yeah, it was incredibly helpful to bring those pieces up and, and notice what was present for me or what needed to be looked at. And we often say that in these MDMA sessions that we, it will bring up what needs to be looked at in that moment, be it Mm. from the present or from the past. Right.
0: Yeah. It's really interesting. I think, you know, as these medicines move into the mainstream I imagine there'll be some more discussion about clinicians having their own experience with these medicines and the idea of experiential training that is legal in a research context, which I believe is something that you're working on. Is that true?
1: Yes. So I'm, we're hopeful to bring forward a study that would allow for therapists to have the experiences like I got to have in, in the States. I just found it such a valuable experience and honestly has has changed my appreciation for the therapeutic process. And so I'd be, very I'm really hopeful that we'll be able to put forward a study that will just, will measure that, right? To see how it impacts people's therapeutic experiences and styles and their empathy and their compassion and their uh, burnout, I think would be a big one too. Because, you know, it's, um, you can certainly appreciate, obviously when someone's doing deep work, but to know what that feels like in the context of a psychedelic session is really different because it's, there's so much happening that doesn't get communicated to the therapist and that they wouldn't know that's going on internally. It would, it's not really possible to explain and, and takes, you know, a lot of time afterwards to unfold. And so that's Mm -hmm. usually what we're working with in a, in the integration process afterwards is, all of the various pieces that unfold over time. And I think the piece too, that both uh, clients, participants, and uh, and therapists sometimes don't realize is that it's not a curative agent. Like it's not, you don't take the medicine and like with a different medicine, and then suddenly you're better. (laughs) It's a tool to deepen the therapy process. and, And therefore there's a lot of investigation and work to be done afterwards because it can really open things up.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, yeah, I, I agree. I can really see, you know, the value for that. And um, where I wanted to go next was, you know, from what I understand, one of the best uses for MDMA is for couples therapy. And this is something I'm really interested in in particular because I think relationships are some of the most painfully perceived experiences we have and Mm. we carry with us and we can get stuck in these recycled brain patterns of past relational experiences. And I'd love to ask you more about the work you're doing with relational psychedelics and relational healing and
1: how MDMA might be a part of
0: a a couple healing process.
1: Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the most exciting and powerful potentials with psychedelics, that idea that none of us live our lives in isolation, right? Like we're always, whether we're in relationship or we're not, it's usually a source of focus or attention, um, whether it's going smoothly or it's challenging. And it could be relationships that are romantic. It could be familial relationships, friends with our community. And so the idea of doing healing work with the people you're in relation with is, it just makes so much sense to me. And it can have such broader impacts than only the person who might be wanting to do the the inner work. It can be for both people. It can be for the relationship, for the family, the system that they're living in. And I think also the, the possibility is there to have effects last longer because you have more people who are, who are kind of invested in that process together. And when we think about MDMA as a potential for, couples therapy in particular it's it's really when i think of all of the different psychedelics it feels to me like the most natural fit because you're increasing the ability for people to be with difficult emotions when they're coming up and you think about when you know especially you think of romantic couples when they're fighting it's so difficult uh, to stay with something and not uh, get overactivated or disconnect and withdraw. And so to be able to talk about in a supported way, the things that are difficult is an incredible template for people to have, to be able to then go forward with. And it could also be really effective for enhancing what's good, being able to talk openly and um, with compassion and empathy for the other person around the things that feel good and the things we want more of in the relationship. So it's uh, it's a really beautiful tool in terms of supporting that, and the nice thing is it's it's not creating necessarily like this false environment because it's you know we're not creating a um, something that's based in a hallucination or uh, something that doesn't feel real and tangible. It's more allowing the emotional experience to be present and to be able to. It's really heart opening, right? Like the idea that we're able to perhaps feel or feel connected in a way that might be shut off in other contexts because we might be feeling defensive or hurt. So uh, yeah, I think it's a a beautiful tool and we've been lucky to be able to to have a pilot study that we ran that was four people with PTSD or one, one member of the couple had PTSD. And we saw improvements in not only PTSD, but also Functioning for the partner and in satisfaction in the relationship, which was exactly what we were hoping for in terms of not just one outcome, but but multiple. And so that's the next study that we are getting ready for, and we've applied for, you know, approval from Health Canada, which we'll hopefully have a conversation with them about soon. Is uh, doing a large study of that because I think that's really important. Is that you know, there's so much excitement about psychedelics, and we need to be very careful about the claims we make because it's you know a, a process, right? And we need to have the the science and the evidence to back it up. So I'm really excited to do the larger study that will be the same with um, PTSD. One person having PTSD, the other person doesn't, and they'd be going through this whole process together.
0: Do you do you think it's important to have? Uh, an individual experience of MDMA first before moving into a group or couple setting?
1: Um, I don't actually. Um, we we saw with the couples in the first study, the vast majority of them had never had an MDMA experience before. And they so many of them had their first MDMA experience in a couple session and that worked well. I mean, we do... Um, A lot of preparation with folks so that they're aware of what the experience may feel like, and, you know, prepared for some of the side effects that might come up and the anxiety that can happen at the beginning. But we were able to navigate that with folks as a couple.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. A misunderstanding of psychedelics, I think, and, and you alluded to this, you know, earlier in in the conversation is this idea of like a one dose miracle mm-hmm. so that, you know, it kind of puts all the the power in the drug and not in the relationship that we establish with the drug.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think this is why we need to move to a, a drug policy to focus on the relationship we establish with the drug. And I, I think this can apply to all drugs, you know, alcohol, marijuana, um, and I think the the dangers of recreational use is that people approach it too casually and are looking for this this kind of like pleasure without pain, which is mm-hmm. really only one slice of the emotional range. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what can you say about this? It, have you noticed this kind of come up? Uh, is this something that you uh, navigate in the work that you do? I, I'm curious to hear your perspective on this.
1: Yeah, I would say it's interesting from the angle, for example, of folks who contact um remedy, which is the clinic that I run, around their interest in doing this work. Like there's a misperception that I need this. It's the only way I'm gonna get well and it will it will fix me. Right. And and so the concept of it will fix me mm. is that's a, a falsehood. And it's more that like you'll be doing the hard work. It may be a tool in that process to help with that. And so the relationship to how we work with the psychedelic that's incredibly important because as you're saying right there's there's a lot of shadow that can be there a lot of difficult emotion a lot of um pieces that need to be taken a look at and so it's it's definitely not always a pleasurable experience in fact it's usually not and it can be very difficult there can be moments of ease or peace or joy but that's not, uh, I haven't seen a session where it's been solely that. Mm -hmm. And instead it's a, a commitment to going into your inner landscape and really excavating what's there. So that's a very different approach of working with or using a psychedelic comparatively to what people might be doing if they're wanting to take it in a, in a social or recreational way. So, I mean, there's different relationships to these drugs and and medicines and however you want to frame it. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the context, they're very context dependent. So mm-hmm. the experience people will have will be very different. You know, we have people who often are reaching out to us who maybe have had a challenging experience when they've taken something on their own and they don't really know what to make of it, or they've been hearing the hype about psychedelics and have been, trying to kind of create their own experiences but need help uh, you know in the aftermath of that so it's um it's important to recognize they're powerful and how and when and where and with whom we we use them is uh incredibly it it changes the effect um in a lot of different ways right yeah and You know, I
0: coming back to this uh, the context of you know relational psychedelics and and couples. uh, I actually heard about I I heard from a married couple that they were doing a an MDMA assisted therapy once a year, Mm -hmm. Uh, and the you know what they said is that it was it made it easier to listen and to say things to their partner. Mm -hmm. But what also came up was that sometimes. Uh, what what would happen is that one or both people in the couple would wait for the MDMA experience to have those difficult conversations, which can be a bit of a like a, a cop out, I think. <laughs> and I think the idea is that we should be getting better at having those difficult conversations without the MDMA, but it can help facilitate. Uh, would you say that's true?
1: I agree very much. Yeah, I would say I I like to frame it as like okay, so now you've got the the example, you've got the template of the experience. How do you then bring that into your life in a different way? How do you take those same learnings or same experiences and 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 bring them into your everyday life? Because that's that's the, the whole thing of of bringing the experiences into uh, into actual fruition is to practice them afterwards. So, you know, if you notice like, oh, right, it did feel good to be open and talk about these things. Perfect. Then let's practice that without the medicine, because right. otherwise it ends up being we, we put a lot of stake in the medicine as opposed to our own abilities to do that.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, yeah, the the therapy is, is about teaching us the tools during the experience, which can then we can use on our own without the drug. So it's about changing our baseline and then not needing the drug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I'd love to hear a little bit more about Remedy. You are the founder of Remedy. Tell us more.
1: I am. Yeah. So Remedy um, is a ho- basically a home for mental health innovation. And so Remedy itself we is a place where we offer psychotherapy and assessment um, and do trainings and groups and workshops. And uh, it's also a social venture, so it exists alongside Remedy Institute, which is our charitable organization. So Mm -hmm. we donate our profit from Remedy to Remedy Institute, and then Remedy Institute is our home for research, so that's where we run, for example, these clinical trials and other projects that are related to mental health innovation, and we're starting a stream that's going to be funding low and no cost mental health services, because obviously that's a massive gap in, um, right. in people's ability to access these tools. So, yeah, so we've, um, you know, remedy was founded in the fall of 2018. And we just announced the launch of Remedy Institute earlier this week in March of 2022. So that's, um, it's been a real joy to see kind of the full vision come to fruition with it because these two entities were always meant to exist alongside of each other, Um, yeah. Great.
0: You know, one of the questions we get a lot uh, from our community is, you know, they hear podcasts like these, they, they hear about these topics, they have a lot of questions, um, and they want to get involved, and they want to support or they want to experience. Uh, so what, what can you say to this? Like, how can how can someone, first of all, uh, get support or, or support? And then how can they uh, maybe learn more?
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So one thing that we're um, really excited about uh, now that, you know, hopefully the COVID wave is, is reducing is going back to our ability to host our in-person events, which um, we were beginning to do community oriented events where people could connect and learn more about the work that we do and meet like-minded others. And additionally, on uh, with that, we have mailing lists where we share information about the work um, and things that might be of interest to the community. And so both Remedy and Remedy Institute have mailing lists that people can learn about. And our services are offered through Remedy, so our psychotherapy services. So if people are interested in those, they can um, you know, book an intake appointment there. And if they're interested in supporting the work, they're welcome to donate through Remedy Institute, um, where they're able to get a charitable receipt. And all the beautiful things of being a charity. So, um, yeah, both of both of those avenues are ways to either get support, support the work, or learn more. Perfect.
0: Well, Doctor Anne Wagner, thank you so much for your time. Uh, as a way to wrap today, is there anything that you would like to leave with our with our audience today, or with our community? Is there any um, words of uh, advice, or anything that, that you'd like to add to this conversation?
1: Hmm. I think the concept of relational healing is a really powerful one and we can take it um, outside of the realm of psychedelics as well. And the idea that when we either share about our healing journeys with our loved ones or bring them along in that journey um, that can help plant seeds for a lot of growth and change in our lives.
0: Yeah, that's beautifully said. I really appreciate the work that you're doing. Thank you so much for being here today and thank you so much for your time. Thank you so that's it for this episode thank you so much for listening and i really hope you'll join us next time mindful matters is written hosted and recorded by me elaine clark special thanks to karen zorzi our editor Tani stoiber for the artwork and our theme music by bellwoods If you can, please leave us a review. It helps others discover the show, and we really appreciate it. Let's keep these conversations going over at Blue Matter Project. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.